Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the DDP, the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White. It's the 13th day of February. This new week is up and running. We're coming to Poplar Bluff, Missouri next weekend. If you're in the southeast Missouri, northeast Arkansas, part of the world, come see me. We'll be at the Southside, Popper Bluff Southside General Baptist Church, and my dad is the pastor there, and uh, we've been there several times. I'm going to be, unless I really get a change in my spirit, we're going to be ministering uh, a sermon that uh, comes from our new book, Greater Than Jonah. This will be the first time we've brought the physical book back to the good folk in southeast Missouri, so uh, that book will be available there that day as well. So Hope you'll come see us. We're in Mark chapter 3. Yesterday we read 13, 14, where Jesus goes into the mountain to be by himself, to call to himself the people that he wanted near him so that he could send them out. This becomes known as the 12, the 12 apostles. And it also says that he gave them power, verse 15, power to heal sicknesses and cast out devils. Um, There's some, a little bit of, disagreement in the earliest Greek texts as to exactly what this verse says. Um, The earliest Greek that we have stops after power. He gave them power. Uh, And then it doesn't deal with sicknesses. It deals with demons, the casting out. Whatever that says to you, we leave that there. Um, We know that Jesus healed sicknesses. So, Having that in that verse doesn't seem to be any sort of addition to what Jesus does. Let's deal with this number, though, because in this context, the significance of the number 12 does not need to be missed, and we would be doing a disservice if we ran past it, because for Israel, 12 is the very definition of who they are. They have 12 tribes of Israel. The renewed Israel in a sense, is being formed in these 12. So by setting up 12, he's most certainly setting up this idea that there is a new thing coming. Um, If he had picked 11, if he had picked 14, if he had picked, you know, four, that would not have been a direct link as far as they were concerned to anything that they knew. Uh, But because of the number, it means something. We're talking about apostles. Um, Sometimes the gospel calls them disciples. Sometimes the gospel calls them apostles. But the terms themselves are not actually synonymous. A disciple, and I'm going to give you just sort of a a, a simple one or two word definition. Easiest way to come from the Greek to the English without being too colorful. But really a disciple is a pupil or a learner. Whereas an apostle is a representative. Those are two different things. That's the difference in being a student and an ambassador. You're not, you can be a student ambassador, but you can't be, they're not the same thing on on the face. So a disciple and apostle are definitely two different things. You are a representative of Christ. So in a way you are apostolic, but you are called to be a disciple. That's, you are called to be a learner. The 12 apostles are distinct from the apostles that are listed over the churches. Like Paul talks about different apostles, but then Revelation talks about 12 apostles. And so we know that it's not just any old disciple. It's the disciples chosen and sent out by Jesus himself. 
Paul would call himself an apostle. He would call himself an apostle to the Gentiles in both Romans and in Galatians. And in most of his letters, he opens with the fact that he's an apostle. But he saw Christ on the Damascus Road. Christ personally commissioned him to the Gentiles, a witness to the resurrection of Jesus. And so he felt that he was, though born, in his words, born out of due time, he put himself on par with James and Peter and John. Um, in reality, the, the, the 12, the, those apostles, were agents of the revelation of Christ's life, death, and resurrection, and they would be the first to spread that message to the world. Um, but for purposes of when someone says to you, who are the 12 apostles, it is the 12 disciples as we call them. Um, but there are more than 12 apostles. That's my whole point for this in the New Testament. And there are more than 12 disciples in the New Testament. And so for technical purposes, when we say 12 apostles, we're talking about the 12 disciples. And they have power uh, to preach and to cast out devils. Uh, the preaching mission, this is interesting, but the preaching mission as far as it looks when Jesus commissions them is directly linked with the casting out of devils or evil spirits. Um, And so for the message that they are preaching, which is the coming of the kingdom, that tells me that if when they preach the coming of the kingdom, there was the casting out of spirits, it tells me that the opposition to the kingdom is spiritual first, that the powers that be are going to fight against the message of the kingdom. Let's read them off today, in, beginning in verse 16. These are the twelve. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him, And they went into a house, and it would be easy, if you're Mark, to leave that last one off, (laughs) to leave Judas Iscariot off as sort of a stain. I mean, because he just admitted Jesus calls people to himself that he wants, that might be with him, so that he can send them out to preach, to have power. And he includes Judas, and the fact that he includes Judas tells us that he does not try to sanitize the story of Jesus. He does not try to justify Jesus' selection of Judas, but it also tells me that Judas participated to the maximum in everything that Peter, James, and John participated in. Judas was chosen because Jesus wanted him. Judas was chosen because he was supposed to be with him. And Judas was chosen to go out and preach and have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. And so when we think Judas betrays Jesus because he's some inherently bad person, you need to realize that Judas came from the same place that all of the other apostles did and participated in all of the other things the apostles participated in and had the power that all the other apostles had. So what would cause that man to betray Jesus? We'll get to this as we get deeper into this gospel, but I'll just go ahead and plant the seed that based on the fact that Judas has the same track record of all the other apostles, it would seem to me that his betrayal has less to do with him being some sort of nefarious bad guy and more to do with him being a disappointed religious man that maybe the Jesus he gets isn't the Jesus he expects. And in that case, Judas might not be unlike too many of us at too many of our times. Judas, a political revolutionary because the word Iscariot 
is probably derived from a Latin word that means assassin. By the way, Iscariot is probably not his last name in the way that we think. It's also probably his town, Cariath, which is a little town close to Hebron. In any case, he becomes, uh, in a very ironic way, one of the central figures in the Jesus story. We visit him again, and we'll move on to the next story in that house they go into tomorrow on the DDP. God bless.